This is Gotham TV Podcast, Episode 75, our Gotham Season 2 Roundtable with the Legends of Gotham. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. We are here to present the Legends of Gotham TV Podcast, uh, effectively our roundtable podcast, which is features the Legends of Gotham and was held on their live stream over on YouTube. Uh, I'm one of your hosts for the podcast, Derek. I'm one of your other hosts, John. Yeah, just wanted to give a quick intro for uh, for our own podcast feed so that you know exactly what we're presenting today. Um, we sat up uh, about one thirty in the morning to record a uh, YouTube live stream with our friends over at Legends of Gotham who've been covering the show Gotham for about as long as us uh, right the way back before season one started. Uh, but friends of ours, this is our third podcast with uh, Anne-Marie and Bill from over in, uh, on, on that podcast and it was really brilliant to be back with them again. Really, really enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was good fun. Uh, lots to talk about from season two with the round table roundup uh, mm-hmm. of um season two everything from all the new characters that came in through to our best episode our favorite episode our favorite scene our favorite character as well as maybe looking at one or two things that maybe didn't fit so well or feel so good for us during the course of the season two of which there were quite few to be honest and um, but yeah a great uh little discussion with our friends over at legends of gotham and of course we are happy to present it here absolutely great to be back with them and great to have a have a chat about uh, Beck Gotham again. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with our review of The Suicide Squad, which is coming out in Ireland on the 25th of July. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for this one. If you want to send us any feedback, just make sure you email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com and we'll be talking to you very soon. Everybody has to start somewhere. Have a great life, Bruce Wayne. Welcome to Legends of Go- Gotham TV Podcast, Episode 3, Gotham Season 2 Roundtable. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm another one of your hosts, John. And I'm Bill. And I'm Anne-Marie. And we are here to talk, as I said, Gotham, Gotham Season 2. two. Very, blah, very... Blah, blah. Dun, 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 dun. With our... Our, our our besties, our the the podcast we're going steady with. Um, we we, we made out uh, behind the bleachers in high school. Gotham TV podcast. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Yeah, still, really good. Thanks. You still haven't put a ring on it though. I uh, no no. Oops. Yeah, if 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 we wanted, I guess at some point we have to put a ring on. We're gonna have to put yeah. a ring on it. it. It's it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long time since our, our last encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Too long, yeah. Get, too long. Because when was the last time we did a street? Was it? It wasn't. Was it Vicky? season one? No. It, it was Se- after. Yeah, season one roundup. I think season one round two. Yeah, over a year. Over a year. Inappropriate. And we never even called. No, we didn't. We don't call. We don't write. <laughs> we don't send chocolates. Yeah, so but just, it's absolutely great to be back with you guys. Really, really yeah, enjoyed. Really good. Uh, enjoyed the times we had together. We had mm-hmm. we've had two full episodes before, and this is now our third uh, episode together with uh, with the Legends of Gotham. So yes. exciting. And uh, yeah, it, it, don't don't get it twisted. I mean, we haven't been done a show together in a while, but we've been constant contact. You know, oh, you guys yeah. jump in I'm on sorry. chat with us. We. 
for uh, Batman v Superman. We sent voicemails yes. back and forth. Uh, there That's were right. telegrams and pigeons involved. <laughs> it was good. Uh, but we will also want to welcome all of our chatters over at live.universebox.com, where you can join in if you're watching live right now and, uh, you know, chat. And if we see anything interesting over there, We'll shout it out. We'll shout it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I guess uh, we, we do have trivia, but I just wanted, yes. uh, before we get started in the trivia for Gotham Season 2, I wanted to get like general impressions from everybody on the panel about Gotham Season 2. And I, I, I guess we'll start with uh, you guys, uh, John and Derek. What were your general overall thoughts about Gotham Season 2? Um, for me, I thought this was um, a lot... Uh, if. It's one of those things, you you compare it to the previous season. Um, I absolutely love season one, um, but it did go a different direction. And here I just felt it really found its rhythm. Um, it it knew what it wanted to do. Um, it, it knew it had 22 uh, episodes to, mm-hmm. to run with. And so I think they could just be so much more confident um with with everything that they did so you know you had enigma stuff continuing all the way through so i i really i really enjoyed this uh this season i thought it was really well done it was kooky i think as well for us as a podcast we actually um i think or for me anyway i felt more comfortable about what the kind of general ethos of the show was and it it's a bit more crazy than i i thought it was going to be when I started out uh, on season one. So even for me, I kind of got more into the groove of what Gotham was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say the same. It's, it's a, uh, it's a very different show from season one. Uh, season one kind of had fits and starts of great episodes back to back. Um, there was really only one episode in the entire season of, of uh, season two that let me down a bit. Uh, but overall, the overall arcs that were in there for the characters, uh, yeah. saw a lot of great stuff this season. Uh, really exciting series this time. This time. Yeah. And it, like both of you were saying, you know, I, I think they really uh, hit their groove. They found, found their, their stride. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they knew they had 22 episodes, they could plan the mm-hmm. story properly versus taking that 16 with the extension from season one, because mm-hmm. that did mess with them. But this season, they just took it and they ran. They just ran excellent. Yeah, and as for me, one of the things that impressed me most about it was just it felt like it felt like comic book plotting. It felt uh, more so than I've ever seen in a TV show before. It felt mm-hmm. like the kind of plotting you get in a comic book where you have all these you know supporting characters and they all each have their own arcs and it kind of like waterfalls over each other as yeah. the season goes yeah. on and everything. And they they really hit it out of the park with a lot of the dark humor in this episode too, which so I think much. is you know one of their yeah. strengths is just these really Definitely. dark, twisted jokes that you know, would get you expelled in school or something if you t- <laughs> told them, but they're just hilarious. Uh, Emery, yeah. what about you? It, it's excellent. It's just, it always kept you interested. Like, we weren't going, ugh, I have to watch Gotham because we have a show to do. No, it was like, okay, let's go. Let me see another one. Let me see another one. You know, the credits yeah. roll and you want to watch the next one. That's a sign of a good show. Definitely. You want definitely. to They're, you want to binge watch it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, they kind of brought in the the Netflix concept of the last couple of seconds of the show having a big right. twist that you wanted to get back into the next week. Definitely. I'm really yeah. looking forward to having the uh, the full season two on Blu-ray and oh, watching yeah. it all back. Absolutely. Oh, that, definitely. Definitely. You, you know, what? We, we still never got around to watching like a because I know there were deleted scenes from the season one. Mm. And uh, I don't think we ever got around to watching no. any of those or anything. I'm sure there's probably some pretty g- cool uh, deleted scenes uh, season for two. season two. Oh, can you imagine? Or even just like the outtakes of them <laughs> and the crazy makeup and things. <laughs> you know, like see fish with like the nails attacking mm. someone. Oh, oh yeah. those are some awesome nails. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. 
Penguin would be in Fisher's outfit as well. Yes. Oh, uh, the Lemster uh, PJU in the chat room asked, uh, "What did you guys think of Jim Gordon's arc throughout the season?" Uh, it's coming soon. Oh, we, we well, have, I'm sure we we'll some... talk about it when we talk about Jim Gordon. Mm. Fair enough. Fair, fair, but first, we should do trivia. Let's do trivia. We should. Okay. Let's do trivia. Yay! Absolutely. Trivia. Yay. Okay. Ding, With ding, our ding. round, I don't have music for it. But... Ding 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 ding. There we go. Before uh, we start trivia, yes. can I just say to the audience who don't know, we are based in Ireland. Oh, yes. Uh, it is one thirty in the morning, so if we get any of these wrong, that is to do with the time difference, right? <laughs> yeah. We can blame the time difference. We actually got the start time wrong. That, that's how yeah, like, yeah, hallucinogenic we are at this moment. <laughs> yeah, you guys thought we were going to be starting an hour ago, and we were like, no, 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 no doing. You guys sorry. have to stay up. <laughs> Pour another cup of coffee. Here we go. Okay, so this time for trivia, instead of questions, we're doing quotes. So I'm going to give you the quote. You, I don't know, buzz in with who you think said it. And I get to play too, right? Yeah. You haven't haven't looked at these, have you? Uh, No, I haven't. All right, then. (laughs) How should we buzz in? Should we say our name? Say your name. That's the only, I mean, that's really the only way to do this. Okay. Okay. Who um, designed the uniforms? <laughs> the, do, do you know? Did you know no. Lucius Fox? Lucius Fox. When he's getting his tour of Arkham. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking everything back to, else that I saw in that would give it completely away. I was like, aha. I was thinking like it, it was like a Strike Force thing or something. Oh, see, that could have been good too. That could I was have been maniacs. Too. Hashtag maniacs. Hashtag maniacs. Hashtag maniacs. I was completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a warm up question. Okay, warm up question. Point to no one. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Number two. Bad guys come in, monsters come out. Oh, I'm doing quotes from now on. John. Is, yes, John. Harvey Bullock. Yep. Can you buzz in again? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had an answer. So no, did I. <laughs> John. Great. Okay. Jim Gordon. Yes. It would be Jim Gordon. All right. John has one point. Well done. Woohoo. I, I knew it was one member of the GCPD. It had to be somebody, yeah. Well, I mean, that really could have been an Alfred. It could have. It yeah. could have. It had an Alfred. Okay, question or quote three. The me I am right now is hitting my stride. Bill. Yes, Bill. Ed. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, ding, 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 yes. ding. Mr. Enigma. Well I knew it. All right, number four. I'm not about money, little boy. I'm about respect. Derek. Is Derek. Silver. St. Clair. Nope. Derek. Is Galavan. It? Who? Galavan. Nope. Right. And I heard the quote one more time. I'm not about money, little boy. I'm about respect. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, the answer is cupcake. Oh, cupcake. Oh, cupcake. Yes. I We're love it. talking about him tonight. Wahua? The- the biggest character of season two, Cupcake. Cupcake. Yeah. Love Cupcake. <laughs> um, question four, five, five. The best liars always tell the truth. John. Yes, John. Dave Gallivan. Nope. Derek. Yes, Derek. Silver St. Cloud. Nope. Bill. Derek. Bruce Wayne. John. <laughs> Selena Kyle. Bill. Jim Gordon. <laughs> Whoever said Selena Kyle. Kyle. Selena Kyle it is. I know <laughs> the scene. scene. Oh, Everybody oh, just oh. started screaming names. <laughs> <laughs> No. You're good. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right now it looks like John's leading with two. Uh, Bill has one. That's me. That's and you. Derek has zero. <laughs> All right. Last, but certainly not least. <laughs> I thought you were prepared to make the hard choices to do whatever it takes to rid Gotham of its monsters. John. Yes. Derek Gallivan. Yes. Finally, that worked out for you. <laughs> <laughs> And I, yes. I, I think I think that's a solid win for John. That would Congratulations. Be a solid win for John. So we'll Yay! give you a clap. 
<laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all right. So that's all we have for tonight. Trivia-wise. That's all the trivia we have? That's all the trivia we have. Yes. Well, you know, trivia is trivial anyway. It so. is. It's just a little warm-up. <laughs> okay, so I guess... I uh, take away my victory. No, no, it was <laughs> wonderful. It was important, and it was fantastic. Boats <laughs> are so hard. It really Boats are, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they really... I tried to get ones that sounded like at least two, two or three people could have said them. Especially quotes spanning 22 episodes. Like, if we yeah. did, like, a quote a quote quiz like after one episode yeah i'd probably get get more yeah. than one well it, and i couldn't pick any of bullocks because his bullockisms are so giveaway <laughs> i was like that's not a question that's like name the episode or something. like a monkey ro- riding a racehorse something yeah. like that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely okay so i guess uh you know speaking of characters like bullock like gordon like galavan like john dot derrick uh who are both uh john dot derrick john dot derrick okay. uh who are both fictional characters um uh, we should get uh, let's start off talking about some of the characters okay. in gotham season two uh now uh, okay so big the biggest probably story arc in the entire season was Theo Galavan, Azrael, the Order of St. Dumas. Uh, you know, that whole big that thing. arc really arced the entire 22 episodes. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But mm-hmm. I, but I, let's start talking about that. I, 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 why don't we start with you, uh, Derek, since uh, you lost so horribly in the trivia game? Uh, <laughs> what did you think about Galavan and the Order and Azrael and that whole deal? I absolutely loved Theo Galavan's arc. I, I love the actor. Um, I really, really enjoy him in the in the show, and I really enjoyed the fact that we had him going from a, a new arrival in the city that nobody knew, uh, a contemporary of the Wayne family, and then building him up to becoming mayor. And then, obviously, we see his demise, and we think that's it. Uh, having the return and bringing him into uh, into the Order of Dumas, obviously, um, a very important part of it. But having him come back to life and be Azrael, a big character from the comic books who I absolutely loved, uh, was a bit of a shock and really, really enjoyable twist for the character. Um, Dead's never dead now uh, on Gotham, so a huge moment, really, for the series. Oh, definitely. Uh, absolutely. It, and, uh, yeah, I, I just loved his his turn as Azrael. Like, they, I, yeah. I, I, th- I think I have this a little bit later on in the in the notes for the show, but his his time in the suit, like, uh, you know, stalking everybody, like, handing out crazy the he sort of got. rafters and everything. Some of my favorite stuff they've ever done on the show, and I, I never quite believed that they could potentially ever do like a live action batman show on mm-hmm. network television mm-hmm. but th- those two episodes made me think oh they could totally you know They've just a this, yeah. artificially age uh david like they're going to do poison ivy <laughs> next season oh, no because then and, we lose david and uh then, yeah. then they could they could do a, they could do the batman show potentially at some they point they could get there i mean we're only at the end of season yeah. two but uh, amory what were your thoughts on uh, theo you know he's the one you'll love to hate <laughs> he just always brought so much pizzazz. Is that even like what I'm thinking? I don't know. He just had so much energy and mm-hmm. motivations. His his motivations had motivations, and there was always <laughs> another twist or turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we ignore the letdown of the Order of Saint Dumas and the hooded um, gang, that yeah, because <laughs> it was a little underwhelming when it was like eight guys in hoods. Yeah, like, it yeah. was like some guys in hoodies <laughs> is really what just happened there, and. Except for the like karate kicks, but it was just there was so much, and it just kept building, and then it crashed, and then it built, and then it crashed. I don't know. I just enjoy that it just kept going. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Like I, I must say, like I really liked what he also kind of brought with him, like his entourage, whether 
Like I love the idea of the history of the of Dumas and the rivalry with the Waynes and just that whole aspect um that that competitive revenge streak. That that was cool. And then just like Tabitha and obviously Silver St. Cloud just added other layers to Theo Galavan because he them and you know he kind of sent them out to sort of undermine Bruce and 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 really sort of you know Tabitha was sent out as his kind of assassin mm-hmm. so really just to throw chaos and to really like move his plans forward so I, I loved the entourage around Theo Galavan as well as um as Theo Galavan and uh, like I think um James Frayne really I loved his laconic kind of drawl that he 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 spoke he was just so sort of lazy in how he mm-hmm. delivered it and i mean in a good way like I, I just loved how he really took his time i thought it was really good absolutely yeah and i i thought it, i i thought it was really cool how they uh you know they, they kind of set up that whole backstory and you don't necessarily think it's going in this direction but then when uh hugo strange turns him into Azrael, and he has that programming already built in knowing you know the whole story memorize the whole book and everything it, it just made total sense and i i thought i thought it was so clever and so well played off yeah well, it's also nice when they build something up so early in the season and then you see it pay off mm-hmm. so close to the end it's like okay that wasn't for nothing it wasn't you know we weren't just getting all this backstory of the history of saint dumas for to be forgotten or it was a storyline that never came to fruition it mm-hmm. came back around and it was so important Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, Bobby in the chat room says, I always thought Fish was too over the top, but for some reason I had no problem with Theo uh, being the same way. Mm. I, yeah, uh, Bobby, we know you don't like Fish. We know. It's we know a, you don't like Fish. <laughs> Bobby's a constant uh, constant in our chat room. Uh, but but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, I thought thought it was interesting, though, and I, again, I kind of touch on this a little bit later in, in my notes and stuff, too, but... Theo felt very when he was doing the whole run for mayor and everything. Mm. He felt very artificial and yeah. very like veneered and almost fakey, in a way. It, well, if he was being a politician, that's how he belongs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But 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 it was just interesting because you know you kind of thought you knew him from the, from that angle of it, and then as the season went on, and especially the first half of the season, mm-hmm. things got darker and darker. By the time mm-hmm. he's he's beating the crap out of Jim Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, completely mind-blowing where they took the character. Because I I never thought he was going to be a physical character. If nothing else, I'd be like a master chess player kind of Right, he had all the minions to do everything. Exactly. that time, he took matters into his own hands. Mm -hmm. I love the way that there was a hint of that, though, where, I mean, you didn't know it necessarily at the time, but with hindsight, that how he took out Jerome on the stage uh, to further his ambition at the time right. uh, or that little step in his master plan and mm-hmm. um, just how he takes him out on stage i thought was really good and you know he's so brutal towards jerome you know you've lost your usefulness kind of thing that was that was pretty cool yeah and it, it was very shocking at the time too because it, it kind of felt like they were building up this is the jerome season guys you yep, know hashtag maniacs let's All go way, yeah and uh then just oh Nope. Uh, hey, hey, never mind. He's on a slab that's, now. Yeah, that's magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, next up, uh, why don't we talk about uh, Alfred and Bruce's uh, relationship in, in this this season? Uh, Emery, hey, let's start with you because I, I know that Alfred and Bruce are our personal Hearts. favorite of yours. Hearts. 
I mean, but what do you think yeah. about where they uh, took this se- the their characters this season? The amount of growth in their relationship is insane. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the season, it's really a lot more of um, like guardian and child, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the season, they've really settled into being friends and partners and respecting their each input a little bit more. Yeah, and knowing when to back off a little, when to push <laughs> yeah. a little more, how to push it. And I think that it's so nice to see their mm-hmm. relationship grow because it doesn't, ha- it's still so young in the Bruce Batman-ness. It doesn't, they don't have to be there already, but they're getting there. Yeah. You know? uh, You're looking at me like yeah. I have no, six heads. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, I really like to, uh, how, like you said, you know, they're equal partners now and everything, yeah. but at the same time, Alfred is still, I, he, he's, still willing to step into that sort of like a instructorly role that, well, that teacher role <laughs> somebody has to even down to that that cupcake scene we were talking about earlier where he gets he, he's getting the crap beat out of him and he's yeah. like you know he's still teaching master well. bruce you know <laughs> here's an important lesson about it how to fight and all this stuff like yeah, yeah i really enjoyed it but what did you guys think john and derek about uh bruce and alfred this season i i'm with um i'm with Anne marie i this is one of the best parts about Gotham. I think, um, and it's also just down to the two actors. Like, I think, um, I think David Mazous is like amazing. He's like, he was born to do this role. I know he's like a big fan of Batman as well, but I can't actually imagine who else they would have. I think he's really inhabited that role really well. And, and hey, I will say they've been releasing like behind the scenes videos on the Gotham YouTube lately of mm. him. And he, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a really there. good actor. He's not, Bruce Wayne has nothing to do with the real kid <laughs> you know like yeah. he, he's like a goofy kid when he's in the, these behind the scenes videos but then he has this intensity yeah. as, as Bruce Wayne it's just amazing but that's it yeah I mean for someone so young he has that intensity and it it just rhymes well with Batman and what mm-hmm. he becomes and then he had like the relationship with Alfred and um, I think just the way as Anne-Marie said like how that's developed I think um, this year you know it's almost that they've you know I think on one of our podcasts we said, well, you know, our, this is the split of of Alfred and Bruce for at least a, a moment in time within season two, um, where they go onto the streets and there is that tension there. There's that adolescent tension. Um, you know, Bruce wants to do stuff. Okay, maybe not drinking under the railway arches like most uh, <laughs> teenagers. Um, <Right. laughs> it's tracking down his his, his parents' killers, but mm. you know, he he's he's kind of. He's rebelling in to some extent or in his own particular way. He wants to do stuff his way. Right. But he also then, it, it also then builds um, his own knowledge of what he can do, but also what he needs Alfred to help him with yeah. um, right. as well. And I love how they reconnect as well. And I love the kind of deal that they, they, they have um, as well. Right. I think really early on after Alfred's kind of destroyed the computer um, in the proto mm-hmm. Batcave. Mm-hmm. Um, just that whole thing um, I thought was really cool where they come to an understanding yeah absolutely I, I love I loved the kind of uh, as you say the rule that Alfred was setting up to begin with where he's telling Bruce you have to follow every rule that I set for you and by the end of the season they turn that around completely and that yeah. Bruce is going to lead and Alfred's going to follow uh, really loved it I also love that the two of them got some great moments apart this season um, the, the whole episode where, where Bruce 
uh, finally uh, pulls one over on silver. Um, yes. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. well. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And a great moment with uh, for, for David. Uh, definitely. I, I, I was kind of going, they can't kill off Bruce Wayne, can they? That, that'd be really <laughs> but yeah, great, great moment. Definitely. That would make this a, a definitely an alternate universe. You right. Know? God, that although you know some people have theorized about that like what if uh gotham eventually will say okay th- this is going to be gotham without batman like uh th- that's the alternate universe the story where go. we're gonna end up telling I, and that would it would be interesting but i kind of want to see him become like a young batman too i know? think they're gonna get there yeah i think i mean he's gonna age into it mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, the way it's going he's gonna age into it Get him, he get, he get, should. <laughs> Interestingly, um, uh, while we were over at one of the one of the interviews we had, we had, or we were at with with the cast. Um, I've just suddenly blanked on the name of uh, of the actor who plays Enigma. That's terrible. Isn't Corey, it? Corey, Corey Michael, Michael Smith. Smith. Yeah, Corey, Corey Michael Smith was <laughs> dead set against the idea of the show going past uh, the point where uh, where Bruce becomes Batman. He was dead set against it. He kind of said that would be the end of Gotham. The show is about everything beforehand. And I'm kind of out of it if they if they decide to go that way, which I thought was an interesting comment from, from the cast. Corey yeah. Michael yeah. Smith. From Corey yeah. Michael Smith. Yeah. yeah. That was whilst we were over in London. Yeah. 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 I I've always thought they could it would be fun if they did some like, sort of episode where you, you, if nothing else, they did, did like a flash forward and you got to see a little bit of that Gotham or something. But I know that uh, uh, John Stevenson said, you know, that they, while they're willing to explore the supernatural stuff uh, via like Indian Hill and things like that, they're not going to delve into any sort of like magical or like overly sci-fi, like time travel kind of concept. So I don't right. know if they, there's a way to do that really. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Over in the chat room, my interesting question from uh, Stephanie990. She says, what are your thoughts on Penguin now being more bloodthirsty than before? How much more evil could he be? He's the Penguin. Like, I, 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 It's I, just going to keep going. <laughs> I, I almost want to say that he was more bloodthirsty in the first season, but th- because that kind of evil in him was so repressed for a, a lot of this, or at least the second half of the, uh, the right. season, that when it, ca- when it came out, you know, he killed people and, you know, fed Left people to other people. Table. And yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, yeah. it just uh, it kind, kind of blew up. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. There's a reason I'm drinking from my Stark mug tonight. And I'm just not drinking from my Stark yeah. mug. Somebody told me. The, the, the souffle uh, blew up, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So let's see here. Okay. So I, I think we've talked out Alfred and Bruce. I and I just mentioned it really, uh, but Indian Hill, good old that, Indian Hill, that whole thing, that whole payoff to the Viper episode back in season one. Yeah. Uh, we, what did you guys think of the whole Indian Hill scene arc? You know, all that, and I think we can probably bundle in Hugo Strange into this too, just because. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I mean, I don't it. want to say too much because, um, it, uh, like, um, I've got it for for later, but I mean. I loved, um, I think Indian Hill is a great sort of concept for the show to be able to do what it maybe needed to do, which is to bring people um, and, and give them a reason for inhabiting maybe a slightly weird or kooky thing like this, the storytelling mm-hmm. um, with regards to like Asriel and certainly with the Alice in Wonderland. I mean, um, Mad Hatter yes. is one of my favorite um, Batman villains along with the Riddler. And so, you know, hearing Hugo Strange say, 
you know he's 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 recounting um uh, passages from um from that book and that story is just really really so good exciting. and i think i just think bd wong what again what he brought they had some really great uh talent um i loved hugo strange i loved he challenged people in the that i wanted him to challenge and um, he ran obviously arkham he ran indian hill and he had a great sidekick um in miss peabody oh, Miss Peabody. So, <laughs> um, and i love some of the stuff that they did were the whole psychedelic and, and you had that image um I, but as i say i don't want to say too God. much but yes yeah, really really so. good that like they did some really great camera work for some of the scenes that he right. uh was in which really i think just added a whole different kind of take on some of these episodes mm-hmm. so i i really I, I loved the introduction of both of um both of these yeah i i really like that they uh they found a really clever way to explain why batman has so many really really weird, weird villains and so many that because uh in practicality a lot of his villains are based on literary characters archetypes things like this mm-hmm. because you know 1930s 1940s That's 1950s comic book writers uh, they were having to write a lot quickly, and they weren't always that original. So they took, you know, something pre-existing like the Mad Hatter, and kind of morphed it into a villain for Batman to fight. But they found a really cool and clever way that you know Hugo Strange was giving all these, you know, uh, monsters these sto- backstories, right? And you know he was pulling them from books and this, that, and the other to, to kind of give it an in-story reason, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I love the idea, and I love the fact that it it, it does. I kind of uh, call back to, as you say, episode five of season one. You know, that's not what I thought Indian Hill was going to be. I thought it was going to be connected to Wayne Enterprises. I thought there was going to be some underground facility where all the accountancy stuff uh, was stored kind of thing. It wasn't going to be something as big as this is where all the villains are being created and being sent out to the streets of Gotham, you know? Yeah, but even Ed Nigma got scared. Yeah, exactly. And if Nigma gets scared, then yeah. you know it's really bad because <laughs> yeah. he's just psychotic. Yeah. No, um, I mean, it is still connected to Wayne Enterprises, though. That's the yeah. thing. And that's kind of curious is once you pull in the whole court of owls that we're going to be getting and have started to see glimmers mm-hmm. of that I don't understand and you have to explain to me every week. <laughs> but it's like how that all connects and like mm-hmm. who's actually in charge is it somebody like is it the board of wayne enterprises that we haven't seen in a year is mm-hmm. it the court of owls are they one in the same we don't know because she's wearing a mask like it could still be the crazy lady who hired alfred's old buddy to go after alfred to mess with bruce it's all crazy <laughs> super duper it's all crazy. super duper crazy and it's all connected i think mm-hmm. yeah so. uh, let's see here over in the chat room we have a couple of inter- interesting things uh Someone asked, uh, do you think Gotham should cross over with any other DC show? I would say yeah. no. I, like, I, I just because the, a big part of the reason I don't watch the DCW verse uh, <laughs> is because you have to, now you have to watch like 20,000 shows, shows mm-hmm. to keep yeah. up with any one storyline. And plus, I, I hear Arrow wasn't that great towards the end anyway. I heard that. I heard that. Uh, but I, uh, Amory, uh, I'd assume you're probably on the same page. I with am. Me. I think they just operate in such different universes. I think mm-hmm. Gotham is dark and gritty, mm-hmm. where the DCW is bright and shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like everything over there sparkles. <laughs> 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 or they're in, they're in like Gold LeMay or something. Like, that's what I feel is coming from over there, where over here, it's like Bruce is living like a homeless dude. Like <laughs> he's got bazillions of dollars, but he's living in a cardboard. People box. are getting blown up with bazookas. 
I will, I will say I do. I do actually watch all the CW shows uh, except for Legends of Legends of Tomorrow. That's the only one I don't watch. Um, but I, 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 I kind of agree with you that they couldn't cross over. But there's, there's a great moment in one of the comic books where um, where Bruce is standing with one of his friends and sees Superman fly by uh, overhead. Um, I think it's in Hush, actually. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I just I love that kind of moment where they're standing in the streets of Gotham and the Flash flies past. And maybe they keep that storyline on the Flash. But I definitely don't want the characters to meet up. It's really definitely a different kind of time zone um, or timeline mm-hmm. to to the shows that are on CW. I think it's probably set about 10 or 15 years beforehand uh, so that they may be able to use the character of Batman on their shows if they want to, I suppose. Um, but I, I'd love to see something like that. I'd love to see something where it has an impact or there's a, a moment where they're seeing something happen from the other shows. But that's about all I'd like to see. I the could Flash. deal with that. <laughs> Sorry, the um, Flash would be too shiny. Like all the Gothamites would like mm. jump on him if they could. And, like, it's like get him, <laughs> kill him, or something, <laughs> dirty him, <laughs> throw the mud, throw the mud, <laughs> hold him under the puddle or something. I don't know. It'd be kind of like <laughs> break his legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be kind of like Gotham forever, you know, or something. Yeah. Like. That's why I'm the Black Arrow or the Black and Blue Arrow. <laughs> no, no, I definitely agree. Like I think I, I while I wouldn't want to see them cross over with the dcw verse i would totally be down with seeing another character DC, like another non-batman dc character show up on the show sometime like mm-hmm. maybe have like young oliver queen come in for an episode or maybe well maybe not oliver queen because he's kind of got some uh some you're gonna go there aren't you uh some some issues with uh felicity stop uh, it right don't now. do it don't <laughs> no. do it but but uh <laughs> No, but someone like that, or like maybe like a young te- young Ted Cord meets Bruce Wayne at uh, some sort of a young geniuses club, or say you know a good version of that. Like I'd love yeah. to see that for sure. A Clark Kent appearance would be nice. I'm I, sure you okay would be really that. excited yeah. about that. But uh, okay, so let's see here. Uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on Indian Hill? Or are we good to move on? I just have one thing with Indian Hill. What's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. I know because I mean. Yeah. The freaks are out. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like that's really. They're all out. Or are they? On one bus. That's a, that's a terrible idea. That, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you thought school buses were bad back in the day, like with all the kids in the back of the bus. Just wait until you have some monsters back there. Exactly. So I just but, think that's going to be still interesting. stuck in Arkham, right? So. But how? Yeah, last how do you it. have the people stuck upstairs in Arkham when you have all these monsters escaping downstairs? Like that's my confusion a little bit is mm-hmm. that they weren't separate. They're one entity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they try to make it look like it's separate, but when the GCPD is invading the downstairs mm-hmm. and we have BD Wong or Strange, whatever, um, upstairs like crying in, in like a fog. <laughs> it's all together it all has to work together well, I, I'm sure we will I, I'm sure they won't let that kind of like percolate I'm sure like first se- episode season three we're gonna get the clean a big up. insight uh, yeah. to, to the current state of Arkham and everything so, oh yeah there will be clean up I'm hoping poor Ed isn't locked there over the summer you know five months trapped <laughs> in a room on his own would definitely drive him more crazy wouldn't it a little bit a little bit <laughs> if you could get more crazy than Ed is right mm, that's now. true yeah <laughs> I think you could because he thought he was out. He thought he was like a guy on the inside. And they're like, mm-hmm. thanks for your work back to your cell, <laughs> dear. I think um, that would drive me crazier. Okay, let's see here. Okay, why don't we, we're, you know, 
40 minutes into our episode, Woo! why don't we talk about the main character of the show? Oh. Uh, Jim Gordon. Jim uh, Gordon, that guy. Jim, Jim kind of uh, went through a long, dark tea time of the soul in season two, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but uh, what did you guys think of Jim's uh, arc, his fall from grace, all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Can I hand this one on to John? Because John had a lot to say about Jim during, uh, during our podcast of this season. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I wanted to slap him. But um, <laughs> like it, it redeemed itself. But I know for the first kind of maybe half of the season, I was just like, "What is happening?" Right? I, like I didn't understand the character mm-hmm. characterization, and um, and I don't think you know it, it's not. I think it, whether it was the writing or whatever, I don't think it was necessarily performance related mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just was like, it was. It just seemed a bit scatty and sporadic. Uh, I know someone can have a moral core, but maybe do things against that. But it just, he was so moralistic towards everyone and then goes and kills someone and then shoots people and is doing stuff that he's riling against. I just felt the character got got a bit away from itself, to be honest. Um, um, and I, but I liked how it came back to that then, that, you know, dark Jim yeah. mm-hmm. and you know is he a Jedi or is he a Sith or you know what is he um, and I like that they brought that back later on in in season two but they didn't have that as a they didn't make that clear at the start and so it it, it was kind of a bit weird for a few episodes where he was doing all these things that just seemed to be going against everything he was saying in both senses whether it was good or bad and i mean i was starting to feel sorry for uh, leslie Tompkins. i was thinking just get out of the apartment leave him <laughs> yes <laughs> but but it did kind of um i love then how she came and challenged him and i love then how um captain barnes challenged him and, and so it, it worked out in, in the end um, and i like mm-hmm. that aspect but mm-hmm. i i think um i just wish that it had been a bit clearer about what he was going through because it, it didn't seem to until you had the other characters around him saying jim what are you doing um you know uh, what, where, where are you in this? Are you, you know, what's your relationship with Penguin? All these different mm-hmm. kind of really probing questions on a personal level with Leslie and, and then obviously in, in the GCPD with, with Captain Barnes and even I think with, with Harvey Bullock. So yeah, I, he kind of was, he split me a bit this, um, bit this season, but I think in the end, um, I, I liked where he ended up and how it, 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 it went, but yeah. for, for the first bit, it was, I, I kind of didn't get it, but yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, you see, I had a yeah. lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a journey we kind of had to see, though, because, you know, he came in at the beginning of season one, just this almost like a, a moral absolutist kind of character, which, well, uh, you know, Commissioner Gordon, as we know in the comics, is a good guy. He's not exactly a moral absolutist. He's willing to, you know, you know, bend Break some rules and yeah, uh, turn into some dark alleyways to get the job done. And it, it was kind of, I think this season was a lot seeing the uh, transition between that moral absolutist to somebody who would be willing to let a guy like Batman operate in his city and work with him to help clean the city up. Uh, it, it, it was a very interesting thing, though, too, because I think think in a lot of ways, Gotham beat him down. I mean, th- think about him when he came in at the beginning yeah. of season one. He he was right you and know, shiny. 
right, right out of the military, right? Had a beautiful fiance. They were happy. She was running an art gallery. He was coming in to kind of take over in his dad's old city and everything like that. Right. Things were looking up for old Jim Gordon. Right. And uh, then by the end of it, he, w- he was alone. Uh, people were dead, <laughs> you right. know. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think I, I can see why he made those choices. And I, I think I see it from like a story sense too, why he had to kind of go through this journey. I'm really ir- interested to see where the, they'll pick up with him at the beginning of season yeah, three, though. Especially because th- he stole Bullock's car, and that was last we saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely agree. He had to go on that journey. That I, I'm absolutely <clears throat> agree on that. I think it was the fact that he still, um, in in terms of what he did to like Commissioner Loeb, even though I know there were mortal enemies, and I understood that like Gotham mold is molding him in a sense, and, and the forces that um, play out in Gotham. But it was just sometimes when he went overly moralistic towards like Captain Barnes, yeah, mm-hmm. um, saying, "Well, you must do it this way," or yeah. you know, and, and then sending Oswald in uh, after Loeb, yeah, yeah, and then sending Oswald <laughs> yeah. in after Loeb. That was a bit kind of extreme, and like I can, it was too extreme, maybe. But I mean, I understood they had to go down that that um, that road, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely felt like and i don't think we have him on the list so i'll talk about him a little bit too barnes no he was Uh, originally and then but but i i think barnes was there in a lot of ways to say you know if season one jim gordon had had stayed going the way he was going he would have failed like barnes did because i mean barnes had a lot of lofty ideals and he came in there ready to you know clean up and do everything by the book and this and that and the strike force got cleared out and they had to hire new guys like every week. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, it, the city descended into chaos and he ended up getting stabbed. <laughs> like, yeah. Wasn't he in the hospital like twice? Yeah. 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 Like yep. there's issues. Yeah. In a city like Gotham, that kind of approach doesn't quite work. No, <laughs> yeah. you have to be able to look the other way a little. That's um, one thing I was really surprised about throughout the season. We were getting a lot of uh, a lot of emails and comments on Twitter about uh, whether Barnes was a bad guy, whether he was working mm-hmm. for Galifan the whole way through the season. Yeah. Nobody trusted him, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> I was kind of looking at him the same way as you were, Bill. I was kind of looking mm-hmm. at him going, this is just a representation of what Jim could be if he was Captain and was still sticking to his moral code. Um, but yeah, we were getting loads of people kind of going, no, nah, bad guy. It's Galavan trying to run the GCPD from the inside. I think we had that theory yeah, I going, think it, too. At least yeah. the first couple episodes with Barnes, we were like, okay, this... We thought I, he was on um, <laughs> Galavan's crew, Right. And that's yeah. why he yeah. had to operate so morally because then they couldn't do anything because from the outside, Galavan wasn't doing anything bad and it was helping to cover him, but yeah, obviously I, not. I think part of my reasoning for that too was because I, I know him, Michael Chiklis, very well from The Shield, mm-hmm. where I, in, in Barnes is kind of like the bizarro Vic Mackey <laughs> um, right. Right. Yeah. In, a, in a way. So I, I was expecting him to, to go bad, to go off the rails like Vic Mackey does in episode one of The Shield. <laughs> spoilers episode one he's a bad cop Uh, (laughs) okay uh let's see i anybody else have anything did you get to talk you were talking just not Not, directly it was it wasn't my turn (laughs) um no my thing with jim this season was um i know he's supposed to be the main character and i felt that a lot more in season one in season two he didn't feel like the main character Mm -hmm. he felt more like a supporting character for bruce's story um like we had to get more of his but i don't think we focused on him Mm-hmm. Um, even with all of his baby mama drama, ex fiance falling out a window, going crazy, <laughs> punching up the mm-hmm. world. 
I still don't think it, it didn't feel like his story this season, even though he was a main focus in a lot of like the episodes. For some reason, I didn't feel it was his story. Well, I, yeah, definitely. Like, I think uh, where season one, it kind of focused on him as the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, this season, I think the, the setting was more the protagonist. The Gotham yeah. City itself yeah. was the protagonist of season two. And you know what? I think I like that better. Yeah. Like, I didn't hate Jim, like, in season one. But in season two, it was just so much more intense when I didn't feel we were focusing on him. Yeah. I right. felt I was getting a better story because there was more to it. Mm-hmm. There was more going on. And he's got these internal conflicts that he's just got to work out <laughs> before he can, like, come back into my life. Well, I think a strange so. uh, drug them out of him. So I, I believe he may have. He has <laughs> forgiven him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I loved him when he was in in uh, inhabited by uh, Clayface. Mm. Oh yes, Smiley Jim was great. <laughs> that was hysterical. Like it again, was. like the actors on this show can do an amazing job. Like that's such a, a change, definitely, and it's it. impressive. I, it, it must if, have been gr- sorry. It must have been great for um for uh, oh my ben god, McKenzie. Ben McKenzie, Ben McKenzie as well, just to like do something different with with that character yeah it kind of made me hopeful that maybe we'll get some other clay face versions of familiar characters in season three that'd be nice (laughs) probably what what about he could he could do a fake penguin fake ed not fake bruce wayne probably plus we're gonna have we already have a fake we're gonna have a a bruce wayne double (laughs) season anyway so okay so um and you know i guess this will all lump in together here in a nice big fat bundle but Hashtag maniacs, it's time to look at this joker. Let's look at this joker. Everybody look at this joker. Joker. Everybody look at the joker. Okay. Look at this joker. Yes. Yay. That was the best rendition ever, for sure. Okay. Uh, but uh, no, uh, we're not going to be discussing, you know, hints to the joker or anything in episodes like we normally do with the segment. And this time, we're just going to be talking about Jerome. Because Jerome was was awesome. He's fantastic. And uh, you, you know what? Uh, we'll go ahead and throw it to you guys uh, first because, it, you know, it, it, it was the first part of season two and it, we're so far removed fr- from it. I can't remember what you guys thought about it. So you need to uh, refresh us. Uh, give us your entire coverage of Jerome in, you know, four minutes. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely love Jerome. Um, the, the actor Cameron Monaghan coming from just a one one guest role in the first season uh, coming into this role. In, in this scene has just just really st- kind of stood out as something so different in the city of Gotham really really enjoyed his take on the character you can see why everybody loved him why everybody was was really shocked by losing him as a character um, but it, just the madness that he brought to the role and the madness that uh, was going on around him that he was trying to kind of harness and try to you know push forward in Gotham is, is just was just essential to the show in those early episodes I think like a lot of people uh, when we saw that moment with Galavan taking him out, uh, I kind of thought, "Oh God, they've done that. They've done the wrong thing there. They've 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 kind of ruined the show. This this can't go. They can't. It can't get any better than this." Uh, they did prove that they could. They had loads more up their sleeve yeah. for the rest of the season. Luckily, yeah. uh, and I do believe we we definitely heard the laugh and we definitely saw a, a hooded hooded person getting out of that bus at the yep. end of the season. So um, oh, yeah. I think we're going to see Jerome again. And there was the 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 ginger haired um, person in the tank. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. that we yeah. constantly saw in every episode once yeah. we started seeing the tanks. They're <laughs> like, no, he's coming back. Stop sending us hate mail. Like, <laughs> like, that's what I felt like those were. It was like, yes, it's a glimpse. And yes, it's stop sending the hate mail. You know what bugged me about those tanks when they when they showed the back of them and it was very obviously Fish and very obviously Jerome? Mm-hmm. People uh, in online discussions about the show kept saying, like when people were like, oh, Fish is coming back in a couple episodes or whatever. They were like, spoilers. And I'm like, it was on the show. They showed her. <laughs> they actually showed the character. Yeah. It wasn't in a promo. It wasn't a press release, although there there they were did, there were both. Both of those things. It yep. was literally on the show. They hinted that she, not hinted, basically outright stated right. that they were coming back. But uh no, no, I, I really loved his take on it too. I I, I really appreciated how he kind he kind of played it like he he was equal parts Jack Nicholson, Mark Hamill, uh, a little Caesar Romero even, yeah, and then uh, his own little spin own. on it too, yeah, which I thought was really cool. Absolutely, definitely. I, I'm curious what happens after his rebirth. Mm-hmm. Like, what twist gets thrown in there? Like, what story could Strange have given him? Yeah, to take, mm-hmm. or maybe did he give him his own story, just slightly doctored? Uh huh. I, I I love the idea that he may have left them as a blank slate as well, and he's he still might not have gotten to Jerome. it. Yeah, he's still the crazy Jerome underneath, and he's trying to work out his backstory. You know, um, yeah. that that would work quite well with with the Joker character as well. Yeah, I I wonder if he'll uh, when he comes back because uh, it's pretty much assumed that you know he's yeah. going to be a big part of season three. I'm staring at his IMDb though, trying to figure but, out where he's doing that. But but <laughs> I, I I wonder. I wonder what if he'll look like more like the traditional Joker. If he'll, he'll you know, have the white face and all that stuff. Hopefully not. I reckon that's my that's mm. my kind of personal sort of take on it. I hope not just yet. I think I don't think you I never think, know what a fish tank will do. <laughs> well, nobody else has looked different. That's the that's thing. True. Fish looked basically the same. Or better, you know, she might have had some surgery in there. Um, like, there's definitely a hairdresser. In there. <laughs> there was definitely a hairdresser in there. Um, you know, Galavan Azrael, he looked the same, a little beat up, but you know, his face had been mutilated in his death. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if anything, maybe he'll be like a shade paler because he was stabbed in the neck. Maybe like mm-hmm. something because like so much of the blood drained from his head so quickly. Well, maybe like even but, if it was just how he looked on the slab there at the end yeah, of uh, the last that's slab. True. That's true. That would be okay. Yeah. I'd that be okay be with that. Definitely. But I I don't think they can take it much further without it just being a little forced, too forced. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, but the, the lim- man's on two shows, so I have no idea how he's doing. I may have a. Th- I might have a theory for that Ooh, oh oh later on yeah, later on that's a, tease. that's a tease i was like theory theory no um but i i, I just real quick the lemster uh pj you in the chat room says i think fish may become magpie uh they you know F- fish mooney uh magpie is a uh comic villain of batman i, I assumed as such i i, yes. I know her very well because she was uh in the post-crisis uh oh, first yeah. appearance or first team up of batman and superman she was the villain they fought gotcha that's what what i always think of but F- fish is very magpie like yeah yeah definitely so i don't i don't know if that's necessarily ca- the case but i wouldn't be surprised if fish wasn't at least a little inspired i don't know how do we i like the, the wiki magpie was an enemy of Batman with an obsession for shiny objects. Yep, I think that's perfect. <laughs> there we go. And wanted nice. them all for herself. Actually, yes, this mm-hmm. is perfect. This is fantastic. That's very lucky. Oh, uh, the internet. Okay, so why don't we go ahead and talk about AI, the monsters, we'll say. Okay. Uh, 
the the uh, Mr. Freezes, the Fireflies, etc. Uh, what, what was uh, some of you guys is uh, over you, you Gotham TV podcast guys? What were your some of your favorite monster moments of season two? You know, I, I absolutely loved the Mr. Freeze storyline. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Um, and and Firefly, to be honest, the, the two of them getting their battle at the end of the season was awesome. Um, but having the the Mr. Freeze storyline that I that I loved so much from um, from the cartoons actually more more so than the comic books um, translated really well into the show and with its own little twist very quite yeah. different from uh, from our final version of uh, of Victor Freeze and the uh, Victor Freeze Victor Freeze still can't get that right Freeze uh, Freeze right uh, <laughs> it, the, the, having that little twist on for the show um, really changed it for me and really allowed me to enjoy it like I hadn't seen the story before as well. So I think that did a great job with with uh, with Victor Freeze for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I one of my favourite characters from, from the Batman canon um, really is is Mr. Freeze, and I, I loved the whole story, the little twist, um, and the the play out, the battle between Firefly and, and Freeze at the end. Uh, you know, reflected into Strange's glasses. This was really cool, and, and again, Firefly was was really good as well. I, I liked how uh, that played out um, uh, with Bridget Pike uh, mm. becoming Firefly, really taking on this role because of her, you know, pretty dreadful relationship with her um, her brothers. Uh, and I loved how that connected in with uh, Selena Kyle's story, like mm-hmm. seeing another side of Selena Kyle, Sorry. not not just simply being. Uh, in scenes with Bruce, but um, having someone else, uh, you know, as well as um, uh, Ivy Pepper, right. uh, to 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 be involved with and develop that that character of Selena, uh, I really liked. Um, but yeah, it was kind of very Games of Throny, Fire and Ice uh, at the end in in Arkham. Really, really liked it. They they were really good, um, and I liked Clayface as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how they did that. Really, it seemed to work. I was kind of thinking, how are they going to do this? it works um i think for me yeah like as far as firefly it was interesting because i was thinking about it when they were airing the episodes uh you, you know the origin and everything and i don't know if i've ever read uh, a an origin for the comic book version of firefly so i was kind of like completely open to whatever they did i could see maybe if you didn't like the character as much and you know they're changing it this way that way or the other way you might get a little like eh. but i i really like what they did with it and like you like you were saying to it I, I really enjoyed uh, the tying it together with Selena, leading to that very comedic part in, in the the last couple episodes where she thinks she's a god of fire, and yeah. you know Selena's trying to convince her friend, no, 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 you're still Jenny from the block. You yeah, know? basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah, definitely. Uh, Amory, what about you? Um, I mean, yeah, I really, I wasn't as into the as you guys but you have the emotional connection to it from previous renditions mm-hmm. um it was neat it was cool i kind of <laughs> it, it was, was cool. cool it was cool <laughs> har, har, har. um you know i kind of like how his wife sort of threw him into it though mm-hmm. because she's like no i'm gonna take me out of the picture yeah. like offs herself like i think it works worked with that and i mean everything you said about firefly um it made sense that she needed that to help her rise up and get over 
her family, her abusive family. Because yeah. it gave her that power, it gave her that strength, it gave her that motivation to leave, but it also gave her a relationship with Selena, who desperately needs another female to interact with because I don't know what's up with Ivy. Just uh-huh. a little, <laughs> she's just a little out there still. So she was, she was mushroom growing. She's growing some shrooms. That's yeah. really all she's doing right now. Yeah, she's a botanist. A botanist, uh, yes. I, no, I, I will say I have some more stuff to say about Mister Freeze a little bit later, but I, I'll just say I really love that he went all emo teen uh, after he he got <laughs> yeah. his white hair and was in the oh, yeah. the cooler. Yeah, just listening to the the hard heavy oh, metal music rock, yeah. and you know kind of falling in on himself. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good, good stuff. Good times. Good times. <sighs> Okay, uh, so let's see here. Okay, now this is a big one. Uh, you know, we're firmly in villain territory yep. now. Uh, what about in? I, I'm going to cut your last point Whatever. here because That's I fine. think it'll kind of time to hear. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't what, realize I did that. Let's let's uh, do the uh, talk about the, the the odd couple, the roommates, uh, Ed Nigma and Pengy Pants. Don't uh, move my mustard. Mr. Oswald, uh, but, but both of them went through many changes, many, many changes this yeah. season. Uh, but I actually, Amory, why don't we start with you? Why don't you talk a little bit about Ed and Pengy Pants? Oh, Ed and Pengy Pants, the romance that never was. Um, <laughs> or I, is or, yet to be. Or has yet to be. Yeah. Who knows? Um, oh, all happened whilst he was drugged. Ooh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I just love that Ed sort of found himself. He mm-hmm. finally was able to find himself. He found love and then he killed love. But, you know, he, he sees what he wants now. Mm-hmm. Chaos, basically, is what he wants. And, you know, Penguin, he found his family, which is something he so desperately needed, especially after his mother's awful, awful death. Um, incoming ship name from the uh, chat room. Nigmobblepot. Nigmobblepot. Nig- Nig- oh, Nigmobblepot. Yeah. Yes. Nigmobblepot. Love pot. Excellent. Um, but I just love where Penguin's going now. Like mm. he's still got his dead stepmother on the table. <laughs> it had to have been like two weeks since this dinner and she's just there that was the funniest thing that was the best thing like all the flies (laughs) are going can i can i just give a huge shout out to drew pell for that moment uh as butch gilzine lays eyes on the head (laughs) yes yes uh, being placed in front of him and has no idea what he should be saying to his former boss (laughs) brilliant for him Yes, like I just these two just make me so happy. Anytime mm-hmm. either yeah. of them is on screen, you know this is going to be good. And, and it's funny, Amory, because you say that like Ed, um, you know, found himself, and and Penguin kind of did too as well. Right. With, um, not only in Ed's bed, but also <laughs> in, um, but also like you know, he went through good Penguin, um, yeah. and just at the same time as Ed was going proper dark. Right, um, and then you know, obviously they kind of aligned again, where they both were just crazy, mm-hmm. right? With heads on spikes. And stuff. <laughs> I want to see them work together again, though, because they yeah. didn't really get to work together properly. Uh, it was more like a healing process. Well, I think the last time they ran into each other was when Penguin was still sort of good, good, and, and I wasn't convinced. And Ed was that like, was the okay. scene where I was convinced, yeah, because I didn't believe that he was good. I thought he was putting on an act the entire time mm-hmm. until Ed. It's like, you know, I'm kind of thing where I can't have you here. Yeah. So I would like, I want to see them work together. Definitely. definitely. I want to see. And they do make beautiful music together. Oh, they do. It's just gorgeous. They do. They do. Yeah. 
Okay, what, what about you guys? You get you guys have some thoughts on uh, Ed and uh, as we call him, Pengy Pants. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I have to say uh, Ed's storyline this season was my favorite thing of the entire season. Yep. I just mm-hmm. loved yeah. the the introduction of dark uh, of dark and, and good Ed, I guess, or dark and light Ed, um, <laughs> talking to each other throughout the start of the season. There's some absolutely fantastic moments where Corey Michael Smith is playing the two sides of the character so well yeah. and so differently. Uh, really, really exciting to see that, and then the merging of of it all into Evil Ed uh, throughout the rest of the season was just fab. Just to really see that that uh, that that piece of that character that that I've known for so many years kind of coming together throughout the season, and then finally becoming completely crazy towards the end of the season, and uh, and trying his best to get out of Arkham Asylum, um, even through the pipes. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. That was really good. Yeah. Like I think um, I, I love the. I think I've said it three times now. Oh, this is where Ed becomes Riddler. <laughs> oh, this is where Ed becomes Riddler. Mm-hmm. But I think it was where he kind of um, that that moment in his apartment between him and Jim Gordon. Mm. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, how that just played out um, and how Ed Nigma just was ready for him. He knew that it was coming. I loved, I loved all that. And then um, I have to say his his final trip in the woods into the snow. Yes, uh, <laughs> just, I just thought that was really good, and Absolutely. it's like crud. I mean, that was really good. As all the GCPD are like burying it in on top of him, it's like crud. Yeah, <laughs> really I, I, good. I, and, I, and I loved after all the meticulous planning, all the secreting away of dead bodies and everything. He just kind of like goes. Eh! through the snow and like balls <laughs> hilarious yes. absolutely hilarious uh, as for Pengy Pants I, I will use the name for you thank um, you yeah. as for Pengy Pants uh, I, I really liked him this season I, I I feel he took a little bit of a back seat to season one just purely because season one felt like he was pushing through the whole time take over Gotham it was a very much starting on the bottom rung and ending off King of Gotham at the end of season one. In season two, because of obviously becoming good Penguin for a while, he felt like he was taking a little bit of backseat. So him coming back out, doing the Titus Andronicus of killing the children, feeding them to their mother and then Mm. chopping off her head uh, and becoming more and more, uh, uh, probably a bigger Penguin or a more uh, evil Penguin than we've seen in season one was, uh, was huge. But did feel like a bit of a backseat in the middle of the season this right. year. I think it made him more confident mm-hmm. in who he is. He's like, all right, I've seen where I've come from. I know, you know, both sides of the story now. And by taking the matters into his own hands, he just that was more of him taking something than the end of season one, where it was basically shove fish off of a building. Yeah, and I mean, even though he he had won that battle and become the king of Gotham, nobody respected him. At the beginning of the season, he still had a weakness, which was his mom. And now, now he he has all the power. He has none of the weakness. I mean, he fresh. Fish uh, freaked him out a little bit, as well she should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think we're definitely going to see him come back a bit more stronger, a bit more confident right. going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for me, Penguin uh, Pengy Pants um, definitely uh, that that moment <laughs> where um, you know his mum's killed is hugely defining for him. But at the same time, he finds his dad, and I, I love that aspect to his character. I think, as you say. Um, it's him finding himself and he's able to move confidently into pure psychotic behavior mm-hmm. um, as a result. Definitely. The more psycho, <laughs> the better on Gotham. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's see here. Okay, so I, I think we're uh, going to 
wrap it up with the character discussions. Yeah. And because uh, we have some topics we want to hit up to, and we're already, you know, an we're hour in. in. So uh, we should get to the topics. Okay, first up, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, favorite episode and why? And I it, I will go first because I, I'm the one because directing things, to. and I want to. Uh, my favorite episode, <laughs> and, and this kind of speaks to uh, – the Riddler self-actualizing and becoming the Riddler Riddler. Right. Uh, too. Uh, my favorite episode of the season was probably Mad Gray Dawn, which is the one where Ed is uh, kind of leading Jim along on yes, this. the caper. The, on the caper and everything oh, yeah. with uh, the costumes and everything. It, it was the first Riddler's first sort of in-brand caper with question marks and everything. And it, I also loved, it was the episode uh, where uh, Pee Wee, Paul Rubens was introduced as Penguin's uh, dad, uh, Elijah yeah. Van Dahl, it, which I, I thought was really well done. And pro- I think probably, I mean, e- even when I've seen Paul Rubens in movies where he's, it's not strictly a comedic movie, oh. his his role or uh, his characters usually have a comedic twist to them. This is the first time where it was just like him playing straight. it straight. And I yeah. thought he did a really, really good job with it. Exactly. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the Pee Wee, but I was a big fan of the Elijah Vandal. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I was sad to see him go, but I was really glad where they took it afterwards. Like right. I was really happy for that. Yeah, absolutely. No, great episode. Really, really good episode. Yeah. Love seeing Paul Rubens on the show. Uh, really exciting to see him. Obviously, from from uh, Batman Returns mm-hmm. uh, as Penguin's father in that uh, brief cameo uh, scene, and great to have a break, great for the credit to bring him into the show for this as well. That was really, really cool. That's it. He he just added um, like a. Comp- another dimension to uh oswald cobblepot it was mm. really good um and i mean the the yeah, that first riddler caper was just really good um and how it mm. it really messed with jim gordon um what <laughs> was was superb yeah. uh yeah really good yeah, we have our, our batman 66 moment on our podcast every week where we pick <laughs> out a point that makes us <laughs> laugh because it's remind us of batman 66 this was the first one that really felt like they'd taken something and given it a new twist yeah. but starting with the batman 66 basics mm-hmm. i thought was cool yeah he also had a lot of really good costumes that episode uh, the Riddler did. Uh, he, he was a fashion magnate he was. I, yeah. and, okay Amory, what was your favorite episode of season two this ball of mud and meanness oh, yes. well we had yeah. everything with matches malone and that whole journey <laughs> jerry and basically the joker mm-hmm. club like those yeah. two things, I didn't know I needed them so much until <laughs> there they were. So cool. It was just amazing scenes. Like the Jerry character, I hope she comes back mm-hmm. because yeah, she. we never saw her like end. Yeah. She was just being questioned in the GCPD. I think I love that that's left open, especially mm-hmm. if we get Jerome back that they're going to meet up. That's mm-hmm. going to happen his fan club's going to follow him around and, you know, sing his praises. I really love this. And I think, I think I said this on the podcast at the time too. I loved that whole Jerry character and the punk rock club and the inspiration of the Joker. Cause it felt very like nineties comic book to me, like early nineties, mm-hmm. like alternative comic book, like a vertigo book or something yeah. with the punk rock club and the video screens with the imagery and everything. It, I just loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. It was fantastic. And I mean, the matches Malone scene, it, it was every, Everything it needed to be. Um, and yeah. I just love the fact that Bruce doesn't do it. Mm. He walks mm-hmm. away. He take he takes the moral high ground and walks away only to have matches take care of the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I think the I was gonna say the other good thing I thought with Jerry was uh um was she meets Bruce Wayne as well. That 
um, with David Mazous, and she kind of just really she doesn't he expects her to answer his questions and to to tell him everything, and she really kind of just pulls back from it and says, yeah. "Well, you know, this this is up to you. Ultimately, this is your journey, and so on." Mm-hmm. Um, I love that little sort of that meeting of these two characters. Yeah, yeah it was definitely a great little moment. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of that. I, I don't know whether you've ever seen the the documentary uh, that had Marilyn Manson being interviewed, where you expect him to be a really crazy guy, and he comes out with one of the most uh, one of the most thoughtful moments of, of of a documentary. That's what Jerry seemed like to me. You expected her to be another Jerome, off her off her head, completely crazy, but she actually says some very very sensible sensible things to Bruce to guide him on his journey. I thought that was really cool. Yep, definitely that, that juxtaposition. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Uh, how, how about you, Derek? What was your favorite episode of uh, season dos? We've actually mentioned a few times already <laughs> in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite episode was uh, was episode seven, Mommy's Little Monster. Um, it's the opening of that episode where we have the death of Gertrude Cullipot. Uh, like it just it just set up one of the best episodes of the season for me. Um, just the idea that that uh, Oswald is going to have this thing ripped away from him while she's in his arms and been released from from prison. I thought it was a beautifully set out scene, a beautifully well done uh, moment in the episode. And it also gave us the great, great, probably the best interplay, I think, between uh, evil and good Ed Nigma, where um, while Nigma sleeps after killing Christian Kringle, the body disappears and has been uh, been hidden in the GCPD by uh, by evil Ed. I just thought <laughs> it was fantastic. Loved those moments. Um, and then obviously giving us the big standoff at the end at, after uh, Galavan's uh, inauguration where we have uh, such a, a, a great moment where we have all the penguins walking up on the uh, on the yes. where the oh, inauguration yes. taking place. Just an absolute iconic moment, I think, for for the season. Uh, and then the standoff between Galavan and, uh, and Oswald at the end just just had so much in the episode. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay, and uh, what about you, John? Um, my favorite episode was eighteen Pinewood, um, and this was all around sort of Pinewood Farm, and it was kind of this expansion of Indian Hill. And sort of the backstory of Wayne um, Enterprises mm. and and their sort of um, off the books activity. I, I love this. Um, I really liked um, Aaron Jennings uh, in, in this episode, the one with the claw hand. Mm. Um, I, I thought she was really good. She really stood out to me. And I think it was just you, you had Alfred and Bruce team up again for I think the first time in a while, uh, investigating Pinewood Farm. Um, it there's this link then to obviously Wayne Enterprises, but more personally to Thomas Wayne because he's been protecting Karen Jennings from um, that was it Project uh, Chimera Chimera mm-hmm. that that's been happening. So you start to really look and see this murky world of, of Wayne Enterprises, but, but not, not too murky. murky. Sorry, go. <laughs> 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 and then, um, but you also find out a bit more about Thomas Wayne, and it mm-hmm. really connects Thomas Wayne. I thought back to Bruce um, in this episode through Aaron Jennings um, and and with Alfred being there by um, by his side was really good. You have uh, then Jim on his own kind of secondary quest where you start to hear about the philosopher um, and uh, matches Malone. Mm-hmm. Not matches. No, I don't think no. matches Malone. You, but you hear about the philosopher being involved yeah. and being the person um, who and it, who um, obviously has maybe sanctioned this this hit on, on Thomas and Martha Wayne. But I think it's a really great way of connecting back to um, to Thomas Wayne and, and before his death. And 
and that relationship with Bruce, uh, it, it added another thing, I think, for Bruce there. I thought it was a really good episode for that. Yeah, and it, it, it was also one of those episodes that made me realize, like, and I mean, obviously, once the Court of Owls was revealed, it went, took it to a whole nother level, but how deep the conspiracy ran mm-hmm. yeah. and how, you know, as much as it seemed like a personal thing, uh, you know, when they introduced the Wayne murder and the fact that it might have happened for a reason, uh, it, it felt more like part of a big web of intrigue. Uh, right. I, a bit more after Pinewood. I, there's this whole yeah. hidden world that we're just starting to tap into, which is really cool. Okay, let's move on to Next. favorite character. Okay. Uh, okay, first up, and uh, we, we'll, we'll take it one at a time, but I w- want you both to address it because we have two people with the same favorite character. We do. Anne-Marie mm-hmm. and Derek both love Nygma. Uh, why? And we'll start with uh, we'll start with whoever starts talking first. Go. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I I love good Nigma. I love bad Nigma. I love the meshing of the Nigmas. Um, I love his little love affair with Kristen Kringle, and I really wish we could have had a little more of that because she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the way that just trying to explain it to her, he kills her. Like that was so poetic or something. And how he just goes cuckoo bananas off the deep end after that. I I just loved every time he showed up, even if it was just back in the corner taking notes on something. It was awesome. Okay, your turn. Uh, my my turn is I'm going to say exactly what. I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it's it, he's just so good, so good throughout the season. Everywhere that he appears in the show, again a background character or in the foreground or doing something huge or doing something small he just was fantastic this season i can't wait to see more of him next season definitely okay uh, john who was your favorite character of the season well i i had to really rein myself in here actually because like normally someone asks me for one thing i'll give three four five <laughs> different things so um for me i went with um because yeah I, I love enigma as well but i went with one of the the new introductions to um in season two and it was professor hugo strange mm-hmm. um i like um how i love just loved bd wong's and uh portrayal i just loved how he inhabited that character i loved his challenge to jim uh like some of those face-offs was amazing yeah. he undermines ed who you are they're going he's the cleverest person in this this show at the moment you know he's the he's the cunning one and he completely undermines him in, whilst he's in Arkham. Um, I thought there were cool visuals around the character as well that they did. You know, whether it was when he's um, speaking with Jim uh, and Jim's the being, he's kind of the truth serum. That was just mm-hmm. really cool with the way he was fading in and out. The the psychedelicness where you've got the, the white round speck. Um, I oh, just yeah. thought it was really visually stunning. Oh, yeah, yeah um, the, the way they played with his glasses was very comic book. Very yeah. comic mm. book. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, the, the 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 stream of ice and fire uh, as as you have the duel uh, between Firefly and Mister Freeze. Um, he has a fantastic, fantastic sidekick in Miss Peabody, who is just awesome. Um, and I have to say, uh, she was just great. I loved her. I mean, she looked like she would wrestle all the in- <laughs> Yeah. Um, as well as just not giving Hugo Strange any, you know, she would challenge him. I Absolutely. love that. Um, Don't you dare talk about her mama. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I really, really enjoyed um, just how menacing and Machiavellian he was. Mm. You know, the fact that he is the philosopher. 
um, you know, there's that link to the Court of Owls, and um, whether it's just a, a um, just whether whether it's just their voice rather than actually being on the the, the council, so to speak, um, you know, nonetheless, he. he He's embroiled so deeply into this. Yeah, I loved how he spoke about Thomas Wayne when he was confronted by by Bruce. Um, how you know he, he and he actually he became sympathetic for like a moment where you kind of thought um, when when he told Bruce. I'm trying to think now exactly how he says it, but he, he kind of says to Bruce, he says. Um, I'm going to warn you away, I, like I did with your, your your father, so that you can like essentially live. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I thought that was really like interesting mm. how how that was done. Um, you know, and obviously Bruce stands his ground, and and then you know he, he sets the, the trap in motion whilst they're in Arkham, where they then they capture Bruce. Um, I think it's Lucius Fox and then Jim Gordon who've infiltrated into Arkham. And I just love that whole Machiavellian side to him uh, as well. O- almost uh, one step ahead until the very end. Absolutely. And I have to say, Miss Peabody's Get Me a Glass of Water. Yes. <laughs> that with the diffusing of the bomb. That was amazing. Um, awesome. Loved it. I look forward to him coming back. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they didn't write him off, yeah. and because I'm an obsessive IMDb or when we have questions, he has nothing else scheduled. Well, I know per the internet, he he's going to be a Mister Robot he's this season, Mr. but they Robot, already but they already wrapped shooting. That on has that, to so. be wrapped, and his what I'm assuming is a movie is already completed. Mm-hmm. So I think that leaves him <laughs> open to have a slightly bigger role the first half at least mm-hmm. of season. So that's fun. Yeah, his new movie is what it's a uh, Jurassic the space Park for. Uh, <laughs> dinosaurs on jet skis i think so. okay uh, let's see i as for my favorite character and i've kind of already touched a couple of these points so i'll just do this real quick it's theo gallivan uh you know i, I mean obviously jerome really cool character I, I almost went with him but i thought a little too obvious and gallivan like i said you know he's who the whole season was kind of built around while he yeah. wasn't the main villain throughout uh the things he did uh when he was the main villain in the first half of the season kind of built set it up for the second half mm-hmm. and he had a lot to do there too and like i said you know uh him as Azrael uh was amazing especially the contrast after seeing him as like the politician sort of mm-hmm. the the manipulative guy of uh, the first half of the season and uh seeing him move around like almost like a batman <laughs> yeah. uh, very cool yeah well i mean you could tell that it inspired mm-hmm. bruce oh yeah because he, he was looking movements. at him up in it the rafters like- yeah, that it was, was like awesome. a little kid. Uh-huh. And yeah, just uh, he, he did so much for the sh- show this season. And uh, unfortunately, he's he's uh, a big bunch of ground chuck, uh, thanks to the bazooka. <laughs> yes. So uh, Theo oh, Gallivan, you will be missed. Uh, but I really enjoyed how it. Ma- how many ways to kill a Gallivan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. He could come back. Someone could glue him back how? together again. I was going to say, he literally is exploded. I don't think we can bring that one back. What did or, they meat dust? <laughs> Grind it up, put it in Or maybe milkshake. that was a clone. Oh, dun, dun, see. dun. Mm. You know, maybe. Anything's possible in that Indian. It is. Anything's yeah, possible in Gotham. Definitely. Okay, uh, so why don't we go ahead and we'll move on to favorite uh, storylines or arcs. Again, I'll, I'll go first just because we've kind of already touched on some of these points. Well, actually, I, I you guys did. But um, I, I just really loved uh, Mr. Freeze's story. Arc. It, it was like this nice little jazz riff on the Batman the Animated Series origin mm. uh, with, with uh, Nora kind of stepping in and 
ending the reason you always felt sympathetic for Mr. Freeze and Batman, the animated series by killing herself, because then he doesn't have that baggage. He doesn't have that mm-hmm. sort of, sort of, Oh, well he's trying to save his dying wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well maybe it's cool if he robbed that bank and killed that person. Now he doesn't have that. Right. And so I, I'm very interested to see where they're going to take this character. If he comes back, you know, in future episodes and seasons and whatnot, you know, now that there's nothing emotional tying him down to his morality, his human morality, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a big metalhead now. So, <laughs> okay, uh, let's see, uh, Derek, uh, who was your favorite character this season? Favorite character, favorite storyline, story storyline. Story story rather, he's getting confused over here. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, my favorite storyline uh, this season, we definitely already talked about this, but it is Firefly. I loved Bridget Regan. I loved the the concept of this character, where she's coming from. Uh, from being the kind of Cinderella to her uh, to her adopted brothers or the brothers who who are taking care of her, um, and and then working her way up and getting that power and feeling that power uh, and becoming a, a, a proper villain uh, by the end of the series. Thought it was a really good arc, uh, but I think we've talked about it. Speaking of things we've talked about, Amory's just gone and crossed out her note here. Uh, <laughs> Mine was going to be Enigma, but I was like, I'm going to do something different. Oh, you're going to do something I have different? Some, I have an alternate. Okay. Put in your alternate. Crazy Stabby Babs. Very true. She took yeah. quite the journey this season, and she we did. barely mentioned her. Like, mm-hmm. she starts off in Arkham in her sassy prison gear, <laughs> and only to be broken out, part of the hashtag maniacs, but not, but yes, but not. Then she's literally in bed with Galavan and Tabby, <laughs> and... <laughs> She, and then she, it's just lots of the up and the down and then mm. she's in a coma and she's falling out a window and then she's like rehabilitated thanks to strange to be freed even though she doesn't feel she and should then be jim freed. rejects her and she and goes she, back to crazy town well not yet, immediately he yeah, he rejects her and then she helps him and then she goes back to crazy <laughs> town and she's making gimlets like, <laughs> I know that they didn't do nearly enough with her in season one. They made up for it in season two, I think. And I I, I want to keep, let's just keep on riding this. Yeah, she's actually a, a character who I think was almost universally hated in yes. season one. And it's just a complete turnaround in season two. Well, I think really not even, uh, it's not even a season distinction. I think people started to come around to her the ogre. during the ogre arc. Well, they gave her yeah. something to do. <laughs> when you give oh, yeah. a character something to do, people like yeah. them. And have her just sitting at home drinking wine. Uh, I mean, she's episode. good at it, but mm, you can't just was. do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind that job, though. Yeah, Crazy Babs was cool. Yeah. I liked it. Okay, but uh, she wasn't your pick, John. Who was your pick or no, storyline pick? Um, my, <laughs> we've talked about this person. Um, <laughs> it, it's um, it's the character arc for, for Bruce Wayne. It's um, I think I, I've probably kind of already said this. But I just think David Mazous is um has really done so well. I mean, you think the the weight of trying to portray a young Bruce Wayne who everyone knows is going to become Batman. And actually this is one of the the most um interesting aspects of Gotham for me is how they've dealt with him and how and what David Mazous has brought to to the role. Like, you know, Going off with Selena, working the streets. Um, not that I meant to say it in such a way, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, just like, you know, going and, and trying to find himself, learn um, how street kids survive, you know, what the rules of the streets, you know, really 
break away from Wayne Mansion, Wayne Manor. Sorry, uh, I loved then him working with uh, with Selena and dealing with Silver Saint Cloud. I mean, the whole kidnap foil and all that really, really good. You know, taking a slightly more like. Uh, being a bit liberal with the truth to Alfred and just that continuing relationship as well is like great to see. And then his co- confrontation of Hugo Strange in the office oh, yeah. Um, yeah. in Arkham, I just thought was like fantastic. And I mean, you know, he's been, he's had real, um, you know, with, with the, the eight orders of the St. Dumas uh, coming for him, you know, he has been under, um, a, a bit of pressure as well from uh, mindless, uh, bloodthirsty monks, I suppose, um, <laughs> and Galavan uh, this season. So I've really liked how his characters just built and mm-hmm. built and developed and become more intricate with all the people around him. I loved his slapdown of Jim Gordon as well. The fact that you know Jim hasn't found his parents murders murderers and he, he basically says what have you been doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. like really good uh, so I, I that's that's fine bruce wayne his, his young bruce wayne sorry his his character arc and storylines mm-hmm. i think this season have been like fab uh, it's a shame they're killing him off in season three <laughs> <laughs> no that's that that's awesome. they can reanimate him now that's very true. Bring Hugo Strange, and he will have the genetics of a bat put into his. Um, <laughs> so he'll be man bat. Yeah, he'll yeah, be, he'll man. be man bat, man bat. So that's who he becomes. Like, because I've been wondering, there's this kid running around. He's obviously important to the Batman mythos. Who will he be? He'll be man bat. Perfect. <laughs> okay, uh, but you know. They're not going to kill off Bruce Wayne probably yeah. anytime soon. That would be a good theory, though. That'd I'm sure theory. we all have theories about uh, what's going to happen in season three. That was nice. That was a good Thank segue. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but uh, uh, you know what? I'll go first uh, just because uh, this is one I've been kind of floating around mm-hmm. since season one, and I think they've been working towards it. But, but I it th- makes me sad. My, my theory for season three is that they're going to have Ed kill off Harvey Bullock. Because uh, there, there's been, yeah, gasp, gasp. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's been a building tension between those two since Ed's, Episode one. you know, non-evil days. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, this, so they've been building this and building this. And now that Ed's firmly on the side of the bad guys, I can see him, you know, going and taking out his old enemy at the police department, especially now since he's running the police department. And he might be one of those type of people to get in Ed's way or, you know, if Ed and Penguin are working together, Ed and Penguin's way. Yeah. I, I could I I definitely feel like that's going to be a season three moment. Also, because I think Harvey Bullock is someone in the chat room asked earlier, who do we think they're going to kill off in season three? I right. think Harvey Bullock is a people aren't going to be expecting it because he's a part of the Batman mythos and mm-hmm. it should be there when Batman's around. But he's also really kind of expendable, too, because yeah. he's important in the story uh, story to Jim's early days on the force. Uh, but, you know, later on, I, I mean, anyone could fill that role. I, and I, I, I think uh, it, it would be very impactful and powerful to kill off that character, too, because they've he, he's the <laughs> mo- one of the most likable guys on the show because he has all the good lines and everything. Yeah. So that's my theory. <laughs> that's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. I don't yeah. like it, but it's a good no. one. No, I don't like it at all. What <laughs> are we going to do without Bullockisms? Who's going to pick know. that up? Lucius Fox? <laughs> Uh, Andy in the chat room says Bullock won't kill get killed off on Gotham, especially since it's Donald Logue. 
But I, I think the fact that it's him uh, actually almost makes it more possible. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, he—it's not like this is his only gig he's ever had. Yeah, and, he has quite a few things, and he'll—he'll he'll be you know out to pasture if he gets off of Gotham. He's a very accomplished actor. He's been working in the bit. He was the weird taxi guy on MTV back in the day. I mean. <gasps> Yeah, I, he he's been in the business for years, and he he always has he he's had a million jobs since he started Gotham. So, yeah, I mean, he has yeah. quite a few. I think he'll be fine if they kill him off. Yeah, but. he's got some stuff. Okay, let's see here. Um, okay, theories, theories, nothing but theories. Why don't we go to John? What's your uh, season three um, theory? My season three theories are uh, come in double here. Um, okay. And it's back. It's again. It's like like yours. It's something from season one. Uh, but it's Killer Croc. Um, I think it was back in episode two, Selena Kyle, and it was all the kids being kidnapped uh, and sent yes. uh, to the Dullmacker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was Queen Pharmaceuticals, and there was this big pit that seemed to go down into the sewers and glowed green and we were kind of thinking well either it's too near the nuclear power station in springfield or (laughs) um or maybe killer croc could be down in the sewers but maybe now it went down to indian hill or something and they were feeding the guy because obviously there was this you had um the the claw hand of uh karen jennings right um, but also then you saw the the guy being taken out of the one of the cells when they were taking all their their experiments away yeah. uh, and it looked like scales on yeah. the skin so I, I I'm hoping we get killer croc basically yes. that he comes around and starts um causing mayhem and and chaos and the other one is with regards to Jerome and I would love it if it linked back to the red hood gang or something. Um, oh yes, from season one, um, that may, you know he's escaped, and maybe his face is slightly disfigured or white, and he's he can't deal with it or something. Right. So he uses the red hood. Um, I just I remember that being one of my favorite uh, scenes from season one. The 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 hood being picked up off the ground yeah. at the by end. some little kid or something. Yeah, and I maybe that he somehow binds this gang, comes across them by accident or whatever, or seeks them out, and he starts to integrate into that uh, to become the Red Hood. And mm-hmm. obviously that would link in with a lot of the canon or on then yeah. maybe the Joker's storyline, or it could still keep it up in the air that, well, this is, the Red Hood is passed around, uh, and so he can and aren't be the joker he mm-hmm. could be either of those well yeah I, I like that too especially because both of those storylines i i mean obviously there's the comic connection to the red hood that you mentioned but both the jerome storyline and the red hood storyline ended on a note that okay this happened and it's going to be a constant source of inspiration for something in gotham moving forward you know you had all the people laughing after the jerome thing right. and then you had the kid picking picking up the red the hood. hood and i mean that that entire episode it's the red hood getting passed, <laughs> passed around, around right yeah. so the person keeps dying so yeah. it's all, all all about legacy and inspiration and everything and so it, it would be cool to see those storylines uh, get together at some point for I sure like yeah okay emory yeah. your theory fish is gonna stay underground for a while so she can learn her power and her strength and figure out what the heck has happened while she's been dead for the better part of a year. <laughs> and then she's going to strike and she's going to strike hard around the mid season. Interesting. I think okay. she's, I think we might get a glimpse of her like every three episodes mm-hmm. and it's going to be small until that mid season where she just like, <sighs> 
all of the crazy. Yeah, because I, I feel like we definitely need to get like a, a you know, I was expecting this to happen in the season finale, a big kind of like rematch between her and Penguin. But mm, it, yeah. Yeah. Instead, he just passes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pengy pants. Uh, and Butch runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd run away if she showed up. <laughs> he had a Gatling gun, though. And he's prepared for anything. Except for Fish Mooney. <laughs> yeah. No one is prepared for Fish No one is prepared for Fish Mooney. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Derek, what about you? What's your theory? I, 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 it's quite difficult to give theories. That's what I found when, uh, when, I, saw this, when I saw this question coming out. <laughs> because <laughs> there's been so much released over the last three or four weeks. It seems like there's been posters. There's, a, there's yep. going to be a new trailer in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's been loads of releases online of little background stuff from the first couple of episodes. So keep it simple. Um, the Court of Owls are going to be working with the Bruce Doppelganger and they're going to be replacing Bruce Wayne with the doppelganger. That's that's my simple theory for uh, for some of the season this cool. uh, next season uh, is that they, the the Owls are going to be controlling uh, possibly Wayne Enterprises using uh, the young Bruce Wayne. I like that. Yep. Definitely like that. I, yeah, I'm very interested to see what that kid. Uh, what's up with that kid for sure? Yeah. Should, should be interesting. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, gun to your head. Let's get critical. What one thing do you think the show could improve on? And a, I'll just say mine real quick. I think it's uh, the yo-yoing penguin plot. Uh, it's just kind of like he's on top of the world. He's off the world. Uh, you, you know, He's happy. He's sad. He's happy. He's sad. <laughs> right. He's crazy. He's evil. He's crazy. He's normal. Yeah. He's we, good. He's bad. Yeah. Um, what, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see him, you know, have the power, be super confident, and kind of take a step off the stage a little bit. Uh, right. That will happen at the midseason when Fish rises up mm-hmm. and, like, zaps him. Yeah, just because I, I I feel like uh, because he's such a popular character, they feel like they have to keep him right. going through the show all the time, even when maybe they have to kind of repeat story notes with him uh, mm-hmm. just to, just to keep him on there. It, it'd be nice to see him, you know, take a step back, have some other villains step up and kind of fill that big featured role. And then maybe, you know, just randomly appear four or five episodes later and, oh, wait a second, now Penguin's there and it's this big deal. It's an event. It's a thing. So I'd like to see something like that, you know, and I mean, it's so hard to kind of criticize the show because I love so much about it, you know. But uh, Amory, what about you? Your criticism? I think they might, um, and this sort of ties into what Derek and John have a little bit, they take on a few too many stories at once Mm -hmm. and they're not all getting completely fleshed out. Um, And unless they're holding back some stories, there's questions on how we get from point A to point B. Going back to Barbara, like we see her helping Jim and then all of a sudden she's making gimlets and passing out (laughs) in Tabby's lap. Like there was no real, you don't see her psychotic break that leads her to that or something like that. Mm. Like, I feel like there's, there's just some little glimpses. Like I'd like to know a little bit more about Butch and Tabby. Yeah. What have they actually been doing? We know that Butch's nephew is doing stuff. Well, not anymore, probably. But like, you know, like there's little things that we don't get because we have to go to this story, to this story, to this story, like pick a few and focus Maybe Mm -hmm, cycle one or two of them out every couple episodes, but I don't think we need to have – everybody doesn't have to have an A plot. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much the same as myself. It's just the underdevelopment of what they call season regulars is my my kind of one. So people like Drew Powell has become a season regular in season two. Uh, Chris Chalk, who plays Lucius Fox, became a season regular. And Nicholas D'Agosto, who's uh, Harvey Dent. 
Uh, yeah, wasn't he in both. like two episodes or something? Yeah, like, yeah. it was stupid. Yeah, and they had a court <laughs> case where Jim Jim Gordon was being tried, which none was none of it was shown. Like you, you would have assumed that you have the district attorney, you know, on your payroll for a year. You're going to use him in that episode, you know. Um, yeah, I just I just think they they have so many characters there that they can use, and sometimes they uh, ignore plots for those characters, and not always in favor of a better storyline. Right, um, mm-hmm. kind of my feeling. I, it's the Montoya Allen problem. It really is. <laughs> well, I mean, is it maybe that they just have too many people cast as a series regular that, I mean, other shows have this problem. They have too many people series regular. They have to have so much screen time. Apparently Fox doesn't have that deal with these people. They're just getting paid and they're just like sitting back. <laughs> here's your paycheck. Yeah. yeah, here's your paycheck. Thanks for, you know, calling in to see if you're on this week. Like that's pretty much all these people must be doing. And that's kind of frustrating. I guess it just guarantees that they have them if they need them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they're not using them. Yeah. Some weird moments. Yeah. Really I, I think Harvey Dent's on a new show now too. I think he, he, he yeah, he, sure his he pilot got yeah. picked up or something. Oh, well then he'll be done. Okay. Uh, John, yeah. wait, what is your criticism? Yeah. I think mine kind of, again, it links into what Derek said and, and Anne-Marie it, it's for, for me, it's that they, deal with certain storylines or even just some of the concepts or ideas way too quickly um or, or or maybe you know just not well enough they don't give them the time to breathe yet they allow others like you said bill you know penguin is allowed to his storyline is allowed to breathe and breathe and breathe so was ed's you know gestate slowly and then you have uh, so the example really you know, jim goes into prison um, after this court case which is kind of glossed over um but then jim goes into prison is out within one episode whereas mm-hmm. i i would love to have seen him a, f- a bit longer in in um in the prison for yeah. some of the episodes because like, like we've said earlier he has taken a bit of a back seat um so him being in prison that could have really worked it, and to just you know it, it was fitting the dark route that he had gone down and what he'd been tried for that he went to prison and then all of a sudden it was like he's out and he's a vigilante and i was like well maybe just that could have happened a bit later um, and like you, I think uh, I think one of you mentioned about the Order of Saint Dumas uh, yeah. arriving. Um, I mean, it's like they sent um, you know the the cat and the dog over. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this really sort of bloodthirsty. You know, there's years and years of uh, of, of of hatred and revenge between the Waynes and the Dumas, mm-hmm. um, and it all kind of. We've been preparing for centuries. Yeah, we've been preparing for centuries. But this is all we could rustle up this weekend. Uh, There's a big party going on. Yeah, it was was weird, too, because uh, we were, were, uh, we've actually canceled our Once Upon a Time show, but we were covering Once Upon a Time at the same time, too. And I think it was the same week, even. Both of them had, like, a big, like, shocking reveal at the end of the episode with hooded figures. Yes. Wandering down down a street. And both of them had, like, four people. They were awful. (laughs) They were both awful. I was like, they, and they'd been building up for weeks on both sides. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is going to be insane. Yeah. And then it's dudes and hoodies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like they've just not necessarily gotten the balance right in yeah. how they deal with 
those stories that they spend a lot of time with. And maybe in some cases it could be, I think, as you've mentioned, Bill, with Penguin now at this stage, maybe they can pair back from Oswald's story a yeah. bit. Um, and, and even just with the, the menace behind Wayne Enterprises, I mean, that was first kind of hinted at in season one. Mm-hmm. You've certainly got the development of it here now in season two, and it's likely to be like the big tee up in, in, in season three with the Court of Owls. So it's just how they deal with that, I think, for me. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I, I, I think we've done good work here, guys. Okay, lightning round. Uh-oh. Real quick lightning round, and this is on you guys' suggestion. I Okay, best scene of the season. I, I, I'll i start first. Uh, it, I, mine was Ed killing Miss Kringle. Uh, it pulled the rug right out from under us, uh, right where when we thought we knew exactly where they were going with their relationship and that character. And it also accelerated Ed's story extremely. Like, I thought it was going to be by the end of season three. Two. We were gonna, or, yeah, season two, we were going to get to where Ed was. Like one episode late, later, yeah, you, right. you know, and uh, so it just kind of accelerated things and just like really kicked it up a notch. Okay, mm-hmm. Emery, your favorite scene. I apparently didn't fill out this question, and I don't want to steal someone else's, but it's kind of my favorite. So I'm going to let them answer, and then I'll just jump on it. Okay, and then just say that's mine too. Yeah. Okay, Derek. Uh, mine is the death of Galavan, or the many deaths of Galavan, <laughs> leading to Butch with a bazooka. Ding, ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. There it is. <laughs> well, I mean, really, if you're going to say best scene of the season, it that, was that. That's really the best scene of. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. But, but uh, John might try. Uh, John, what was your favorite scene? I, I loved it when Lucius Fox and Alfred met at the bar over a GNT and they were talking about tucking up. Uh, well, Alfred started talking about he would that he would tuck up um, Lucius like a kipper uh, if <laughs> if if they couldn't trust him or if his promise of of being trustworthy uh came to nothing i just loved um i loved that that scene between the two of them um in the bar really really cool yeah, yeah. It, I really it like the relationship. Me of the Reggie scene in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> mm. yes, yes, yes. Kind of had an intensity about it that um, just really leapt out at me. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Okay, so lightning round over. Can I have? Oh. Can I have just one more? Do okay. it. Yeah. Do it. Because I'm going to have to make him say it. Uh, my favorite scene of the entire series was our podcast, uh, <laughs> which had which had a great moment where John gave a, uh, a rendition <laughs> of a certain character who wakes Barbara up, or Ooh, who was there Barbara's wakes. Hello, my dear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mercy. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, uh, guys, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can uh, follow your podcast, your social media accounts, your all of that good stuff, your dog, you know, all that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Dog? (laughs) Well, you can find us at Gotham TV Podcast. We're pretty much uh, pretty much ubiquitous everywhere you go. Just look for Gotham TV Podcast and any good or evil podcast catcher. Uh, You can see us (laughs) over on iTunes at GothamTVPodcast.com slash iTunes will take you straight there. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast and you'll see us over on Twitter pretty much live tweeting at the UK pace uh, over <laughs> at Gotham TV podcast. So eventually they will get season three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we have we have got some good news for anybody that does know us. There is some great news about, about it in the UK. Uh, it definitely has been picked up by Channel 5 uh, in the UK again. So we know for a fact we will be getting to see it uh, and hopefully a little bit earlier this year than we did uh, this next season. Uh, than we did this season. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. We- 
Well, yeah, real quick before we go, obviously you can follow us legendsofgotham.com, email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a new Facebook group because it'll show up on your feed. I'm not going to lie. We totally stole this from Gotham TV Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I noticed they had a group. I'm like, I'm doing that. Doop, doop, it's doop, so doop. good. <laughs> it's so much better because you'll see what we post. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. But uh, the new group is facebook.com slash groups slash legendsofgotham. And uh, one little announcement. Oh, We are yeah. going to be appearing at the tampa bay comic-con on the on, 7th on august 7th uh, at 11 30 a.m in room 12, 12 i think yeah in yeah. room 12 uh we're doing a live legends of gotham panel we'd love for to see you down there if not we're going to record it we'll release it on the feed but we'd love to co- meet some gothamites yes, please. uh down there at tampa bay comic-con so really hope you can make it out and we'll be mentioning this uh when we do a spoiler party and a couple other times too mm-hmm. so I uh, definitely we we hope to see you guys out there. We don't know what we're gonna do yet. We have no idea what we're gonna talk but, about. But uh, mm-hmm. we're we're nope. doing a panel. Uh, and uh, if if you guys li- if you guys uh, listen to the show, you know if you know Bobby Hawk from uh, he of the voicemail every week, mm-hmm. uh, he'll be around. He'll He's be joining around. us. He'll Ooh. probably be on the panel. So we'll be just drag and be like, Shh. It, it'll be a good time. But it, I, again, guys, thank you. I can't believe it's been this long. It's thank so you for good. staying up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so good. We we enjoyed every yeah, moment. Thank of you so much. Yay! So much well, let's try and not wait a year before we do this yeah. again. Though. Definitely, definitely. Emery, Emery, yeah. give me your ring. No. Well, I got to put a ring on it. You are not getting my rings. Okay, I, okay. I'm gonna send you a a symbolic ring through the internet. Here you go, guys. Uh, we, we have thank a ring you. on it now, and we're gonna have to do this sooner rather than later yeah. too. Like, definitely. We shall be forever the legends of Gotham TV podcast, right? Yes, yes definitely. I like definitely. It. Uh, we're, we're merging the feeds, folks. We're merging the feeds. <laughs> okay, okay, but I, I, I guess we'll close it out how we normally do. Uh, join us next time for more Legends, legends of, of Gotham, Gotham TV, TV podcast. And we'll play the music out. You guys won't hear this probably. They'll just hear me singing. <laughs> 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 I never Put a get ring it on right. Tampa Bay Comic Con, come see us, please. And that is the end of our Legends of Gotham TV podcast. Great fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Again, if you want to watch the full live stream, if you just heard, heard the audio and you want to see our late night faces, uh, you can pop over to YouTube. Just search Legends of Gotham and you'll see the last podcast there, episode 77, um, which has our lovely tired faces and Bill and Amory smiling uh, sunshiny faces <laughs> absolutely remember for all things uh, Gotham go to gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes uh, or any other good podcast catcher just search Gotham TV podcast and of course join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast and of course our Twitter handle at Gotham TV podcast um, a great little um, round table for myself and Derek and obviously uh, to do it with Legends of Gotham, who um, we feel as though we've been there from the beginning was awesome. So we hope you enjoyed it. Um, but I think that's all from us uh, for now. Uh, we will be back, as Derek said earlier, for Suicide Squad just after the 25th of July. So with that, see you later. Talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. <laughs>